0: It's going to be a year of discipline, or it's going to be a year of difficulty. You choose. And I believe that in every area of our lives, guys, that, that God is, is causing a, a, a standard, a bar to be raised. Uh, discipline in our spiritual life, to get into the Word, to pray. Discipline in our natural life, as far as what we eat, and even, even in exercise. There's so much that's going to happen this year, and so... We're going to start out this morning. Go with, me. well, if you need a Bible, raise your hand, or ushers will get you one. And then turn with me into the book of Isaiah 58. Raise your hand up real high if you need a Bible. Isaiah chapter 58. Now, today we're going to start and and we're going to talk about an area of discipline that I believe may be the highest form of discipline in anything I've ever done in my life. And it's called fasting. And some of you say, oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Well, I believe this with fasting, that it's one of the strongest disciplines I can do spiritually and physically. It impacts both of them. And so why do we fast? Well, I believe it's to to draw us into a deeper relationship with God. It's to get us into a more of an intimate relationship with God. Now, let me tell you some things that fasting is not or won't do. Going without food is dieting. That's not what we're talking about. That's not it at all. Fasting won't get you in a better relationship with God. Jesus has already done that. Fasting won't cause God to love you any more than He already does. He loves you. Fasting isn't how we get to where we twist God's arm to get what we want. But you're going to see some things here this morning and, and my goal is to show you, one, the, the biblical blessings that are released by fasting. But also, I, I want to show you several different types of fast in the Bible. And out here on the information service, after the, uh, after the service, there's all kinds of information on this. If you've never fasted, that's okay. You're going to hear some things today. And and then I believe it'll bless you. Now, let's begin in Isaiah chapter 58. Look with me at verse number 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Now, I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Isaiah 58 because he's talking about here that these guys were fasting, but they weren't doing it for the kingdom of God. They were doing it more religiously. And so, is this not the fast that I've chosen, the true fast? Now, every assignment has a birthplace. And so, I believe this right here, that this birthplace, when we begin to fast, it will release some of the blessings of the kingdom of God that are released no other way but fasting. And so, the price that's going to cost us to release these blessings is discipline of ourselves. Now, keep reading here. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? And get these words real close today. To loose the bonds of wickedness. If you've had patterns of wickedness in your life or your family, this is what he's talking that fast that will do. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke of bondage. Now just right there it says the word loose. To break, to undo, to even set free. Now I like every one of those words. But he talks about right here that this is what happens when we begin to fast and we begin to pray that that these things happen. Now think about this in your own life. Do you have bondages of sin in your life? Do you do you have demonic attacks? demonic assaults that come against you, maybe even generational curses. And I look at this and I think, here's a promise from Father God that when we begin to, to do the fast that He prescribes, that it will unleash these things in our lives. And I'm telling you guys, right now, I begin to pray this verse right here. And you know what I'm saying? I said, thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that in, in 2012... That as we fast as a church right here, you're going to loose the bonds of wickedness. You're going to to undo the heavy burdens. You're going to break yokes of bondage. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to get all in on this. I don't look as fasting as negative. I look at this as a good thing. Okay? Keep reading with me. Verse verse 7. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? when you see the naked that you cover them, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. This is interesting. This is all tied into the, the fasting. So you know what I think he's telling us here? We need to rid ourselves of being selfish. Life is more than about me. And this is what he's talking about here. And so when I read this, I believe with all my heart that God not only wants to do something in you, He wants to do something for you, but I play a big part. Now, when we jump in here to verse 8, I want you to note how many times it uses the word your. Verse 8, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. How many are in need of some healing in your body? Woo, what a promise. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You know what that means? God's got your back. And when I read all this, this is what happens when we begin to fast and pray and seek God. Do you see what the very first word in verse 8 was? It's the word then. Then. In other words, once you begin to fast and pray, then it releases something. Look what he goes on to say in verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. And as I read this, you know what I begin to see? Fasting brings me into alignment with Father God's will for my life. It will bring you into alignment. Now, right here in verse 9, look at this next word. If. There's a lot hinges on that word. If. If. You take away the yoke or the perversion from your midst. The pointing of the finger, falsely accusing and gossiping, speaking wickedness, stirring up trouble. Now this is part of the fast that God said, Listen, I want to take you to new levels, but because of some of the words of your mouth, because of the pointing finger... You've kept me from doing what I've wanted. So see, guys, fasting is a lot more than just going out without food. There's some spiritual amplifications here that go on. Keep reading. Verse 10. If, there's that word again, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness shall be as the noonday. Have many ever noticed, it isn't dark at noon. And this is what he's talking about. Now, I love the wording in verse 11. The Lord will guide you continually. He will satisfy your soul in drought, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And he will strengthen your bones. That's healing. You shall be like a watered garden. And like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build the old waste places and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Now when I read that last part there, you know what it tells me? I can change history for my own generations to come. But it doesn't happen by just talking about fasting. It happens when we begin to act on it and do that. Now, I encourage you to read the entire chapter of Isaiah 58. We're not going to do that today. I just want you to sh- see some things here biblically that will happen. Now, go with me to the book of Daniel, chapter number 10. Where's Daniel? We'll start going to your right. You're going to hit Jeremiah, then you're going to hit Ezekiel, and then right after Ezekiel is Daniel, Daniel chapter number 10. Now, as you're turning there, let me just say this. If fasting is done religiously, it's not going to do you any good. What do you mean religiously? Well, I believe religiously is when i got to come in here and let every one of you know, Hey, I'm fasting. Hey, I'm sacrificing for God. Hey, I've gone all these days without without eating. Hey, look at me. I'm the man of the hour with power, boys. See, this is what I'm talking about. That that if if we come in religiously, it's not going to do any good. Now, another thing I want you to know, that if you're not fasting and praying for a purpose... It's not going to do any good because if I don't have purpose, it's not going to mean anything to God. So what we've got to understand is there are things we really need to be praying about and believing God when we fast, okay? Daniel 10, verse 1. And you're going to see a lot of these things right here in this passage. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel whose name was called Belteshazzar. Now that's the same person, okay? The message or the word was true, but the point of time was long. The conflict was long. So what this means, guys, when Daniel began to fast and pray, it didn't happen overnight, okay? The word, the message was true, but the point of time was long. So you know what he's telling us here? You just got to dig in and keep going. Keep reading. And he had understood the message, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. So you know what that tells me right there? That Daniel went on a 21-day fast. And he said, for three full weeks I was mourning. Now you know what he was mourning for? The, the state of the people of Israel. It broke his heart how he saw people living. And so when Daniel went into this fast, you know what he did? He had a purpose and he had a cause. And it wasn't just to go without food. He was going to target and begin to stand in the gap. Now keep reading here in verse 3. And I ate no pleasant food. You want me to give you the, the definition of pleasant food? He ate no cupcakes. He didn't have any pie. He didn't have any donuts. Actually, he had no bread, okay? This was some of the things. Now look what he goes on to say in this fast. And I had no meat. He ate no meat. You know what that means? That means no hamburgers, no hot dogs, no meat. And I drank no wine. When you study this, the only thing that he drank was water. Now, when I look at all that that goes on, and I, I want to highlight this to you. Don't bite off more than you can handle, okay? Begin to do things that, that it's a sacrifice for you, but don't bite off more than you can handle. Now, when I read this, that the only thing he drank was water. You know what that means? He did not have a, a glass of iced tea in the afternoon. He did not have a cup of coffee in the morning. Help me, Jesus. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I like coffee. I like coffee a lot. Especially right here in the winter. I mean, I love coffee. If you cut me this morning, I'd bleed coffee. And so for me to go without coffee, guys, it's a big deal. But you know what? I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on a fast, and so starting tomorrow morning, my little body is not going to get any caffeine in it at all. All I'm going to drink is is, is water. I'm going to begin to seek God in this area big time. Now, you know what that means for some of you? You may say, well, that's not a big deal. Coffee isn't, because you don't like it. But let's just get a little bit personal here. That means no Mountain Dew tomorrow. That means for you ones who are addicted to Dr. Pepper, oh, Pastor, no. See, every one of us, we have things that we really like. And so, when I look at what Daniel did, he not only denied his physical body of these things, but I want to highlight some things. He began to pray. He began to seek God. So look what he goes on to say. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor do I anoint myself at all, till these three whole weeks were fulfilled. Okay? Now, there's a lot of different fasts. There's the 40-day fast. That's the full fast. Pastor, have you ever been on a full fast? No, I have, I have not gone 40 days. I don't do well for an hour at some things, let alone 40 days. There are ones in this room who have done it. But I want you to see whether it's 21 days, whether it's 10, whether it's a sunrise to sunset fast, you've got to begin to do something, okay? Now, pick up with me in verse 10, this same chapter. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Now, in saying that, Daniel is fasting here, guys. And it says, he's on his knees and on the palm of his hands. That means this. You know what he's doing? He's praying. He's seeking God. That stand right there, that stance, is a stance of battle. That is the stance of my warfare as of a believer. So I want you to notice here: not only did he go without food, he began to seek God. He would get on his knees in the palm of his hands, and I believe he began to cry out to God. Verse eleven, and he said to me, "O Daniel, man greatly beloved, man, I like that there, man greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright." For I have now been sent to you, while he was speaking the word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, and I'm going to stop right there, because you may ask the question, Who's talking to Daniel? Well, you know who it was? Is this angel. And as as Daniel began to seek God, this angel showed up. So it's this angel that's uh, talking to him, and he said, Then he said to me, Do not fear Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. In other words, when Daniel started this fast and he began to seek God on the first day, you know what it tells me? He got heaven's attention. And when you look at this, it says that he, he was looking for understanding and he began to humble himself and pray. You know what that is? That's 2 Chronicles 7.14. You know what that says? My people who are called by my name, if you will humble yourself and pray and seek my face, I'll heal your land. Now, I don't know, guys, of a more desperate time in our society in the United States that we don't need God. And I looked right here that this one guy named Daniel, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fast and pray. I'm not going to sit back and say, well, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do. And so Daniel here began to see God. See, sometimes in the kingdom of God, it only takes one. In your own family, it only takes one. But you know what I see right here? Most people aren't willing to discipline themselves to do what he did. And you know what this is? This is an incredible challenge for us. So keep reading here. Look what it goes on to say. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have, bec- I have come because of your words. So then why does he keep doing this? Well, look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. I want you to look at that real close. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. You know what that is? That's a demonic influence. That is a fallen angel that it said it withstood this angel right here. And so you know what it shows me here? That in certain nations that are principalities and powers, they try to keep a nation messed up. And just like in America, that's the same thing that's going on. And so when I look at all this, what he's saying here, this is an Old Testament example of how the kingdom of darkness tries to oppose the things of God. But when men and women fast and pray, it changes the outcome of a whole nation. Now, I don't know about you, that stirs me up right now. See, we can go around, guys, and, and it's not a mystery. Our nation, our society... We hold nothing on Sodom and Gomorrah as far as the sin. You can go anywhere in Lubbock and you can see sin blatantly now. So you know we can sit around and say, Whoa man, our city's so sinful. Or you know what, we can rise up as believers and say, Let's begin to fast and pray. Let's begin to humble ourselves and seek God. Now go back to your left there to Daniel chapter 1. I want to show you another fast where you can begin to see some things biblically. And as you're turning there... Let me give you a little insight here. If you've never fasted, the first day you start fasting, you're going to be sluggish. That's not a bad confession. That's the fact, Jack. You're going to be sluggish. You may even experience headaches. You know why? Because all the junk we got in our bodies, all the toxins... Now, I can tell you right now, I know from the past that about after the second or third day, I start moving, I start getting alert, and, and, and I come back around. So there's a possibility you're going to be sluggish, you're going to get headaches, and I'm going to tell you a, a fact. You're going to get hungry. And when you watch those commercials on TV with Pizza Hut and them, your little flesh is probably going to buck. And you're going to look, but you don't want, you can do it. You can do it. It's disciplining ourselves, okay? Daniel chapter 1. I'm going to jump right into this in verse number 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile or contaminate himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Now he's talking about the king's food here, okay? Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor in the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, which was Nebuchadnezzar, who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. And so you know what this eunuch, is, the head of the eunuchs is saying? He's saying, listen. If you don't eat the king's food and the king sees you and all of a sudden your face is all shrunk and you can't keep your britches up, the king's not going to get mad at you. He's going to get mad at me. He's going to come after me. So look at Daniel's response in verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Now you know who those three guys are? Those three guys that I just mentioned with Daniel are better known to us as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those who Daniel ran around with. Now, another terminology for their name is my shack, your shack, or bungalow. I'm just kidding, okay? It's not my shack, your shack, or bungalow, okay? Help me, Jesus. Okay. Verse 12. Please test your servants for 10 days and let, us give us, and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now right there, guys, is another type of fast that you can see. 10 days, what did he eat? Vegetables and he drank water. And some of you can say, well, I can do that. Well, go ahead. Jump in there. Go ahead and begin to do it. No, so what I'm telling you right here is I'm just giving you different types of fasts over and over. So Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go on this 10-day fast, okay? Verse 13. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacy. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. At the end of 10 days their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. So you know what this tells me? You're not going to die. It's not going to kill you. Actually, after ten days, they still look good. Now, this is where this gets really good to me. Keep reading. Verse 16. Thus the steward took away their portions of the delicacies and the wine that they were to drink, and he gave them vegetables. And as for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now do you see something right there? That as they begin to fast and pray and seek God, look what it said. There was understanding, there was wisdom, there was vision and dreams. I don't know about you, but I like that thought of wisdom and knowledge coming in. I like the thought of, of heavenly visitation. I don't know about you, but I would, I would love to see the things of God more in my life. Visions and dreams. I look at what happens right here, and this is what took place. Now, think about this in the natural. Right here in this room, all around us right now, there's signals that are going all through this room. Actually, there's a signal that's going through here that's transmitted back there. There's cell phone signals. There's satellite signals. There's radio signals that are going everywhere around us. Now, you know what? Every one of us believe that. But how many of us can see that with the natural eye? I can't see that. Some of you cell phone is buzzing right now. I can't see that. But I believe it's happening. Well, think about this in the spiritual realm. There's things that are going around us right now incredibly in the spirit realm. Even though I don't see them with the natural eye, they're still happening around us. And so I look at what Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And you know what it cost? It caused them, when they fasted and prayed, to get on God's frequency. It caused these things of the kingdom of God to come into them. And I believe this is what God wants to do for every one of us. Now keep reading here, verse 18. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Shadrach, or Meshach. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Did you see that? Ten times wiser. See, in the natural, you may not be the sharpest tool in the shed. But I look and I think, Here these guys begin to seek God, and because they gave themselves to God, a ten times anointing came on them. And I thought, wouldn't that be awesome? That the wisdom of God and understanding of God come upon this? And when I read this, God's no respecter of persons. If Daniel said, okay, boys, we're going to fast and pray, what would happen when we begin to do that? Woo, ten times it'd come after us. Now I want you to go to another passage in the Old Testament. Go to the book of Ezra. Where's Ezra? Well, you're going to come to 1st and 2nd Samuel. You'll come to the Kings and then the Chronicles. Right after 2nd Chronicles is the book of Ezra. The word Ezra itself means the Lord has helped me. And so we're going to go to Ezra chapter number 8. In my Bible, that is page 607, if that helps you. Probably not. Now, when I talk about fasting here this morning, guys, don't don't look as fasting as as Debbie Downer. This ought to be something that we begin to say, praise God. Thank you, Father God. Now, there's going to be some things in this passage that I believe that will stir each one of us up in here, okay? If you'll look at the subtitle above verse number 21 of Ezra 8, it says, fasting and prayer for protection this is what they begin to fast and pray for was for protection now begin with me in verse 21 this is Ezra's account here then I proclaimed to fast there at the river of Ahava that we now I want you to highlight the word we you may even circle that Ezra said listen guys we're going to fast not just me We, and I believe this is so significant for our church, that as we fast together, I'm going to tell you, there's going to become an incredible anointing when we all jump in here together and we start believing God. And Guys, I'm praying right now that the Holy Ghost is going to move in in 2012 unlike any other year I've ever seen. And so Ezra charged them and he said, we might humble ourselves before our God to seek Him for the right way. That we might humble. So once again, you know what it falls under? 2 Chronicles 7, 14. Those who will humble and pray and seek his face, I'll heal your land. And so this is what Ezra's doing. Now, look what he goes on to say. For us and our little ones and all our possessions. They begin to fast and pray. You know for who? For us. Our children. And even our possessions. And when I begin to read that, you know what jumped into my heart there is John 10.10. It says, the thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm going to tell you, the devil wants to rip you off. He wants to rip your kids off. And he wants to rip your possessions off. And so right here, Ezra challenges the congregation, the Israelites, and said, Listen guys, if we'll begin to fast and pray, God's going to protect us. And when I look at this, you know what Ezra understood? His dependency was on God. He said, oh, Father God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to look to you. Keep reading. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So Ezra's saying, you know what? I'm looking to God. I'm not looking to you, king. I'm not looking to my boss. I'm looking to you, Father God. Now look at verse 23. Talking about a blessing. So we, there's the word we, we fasted and we entreated or we sought our God for this. So once again, do you see that Ezra and the people, they fast and prayed for a purpose. He said, for this. So let me ask you today. You got issues in your own life? You got issues with your kids? With possessions and things? He went out on the limb and he said, here, we fasted and sought God for this, but look what he did. And he answered our prayers. So not only did they go without food here, guys, they begin to pray. They begin to seek God. And when I look at this, this had a threefold purpose here. It gave them guidance, it gave them assistance, and it blessed them with substance. You don't have to show me your hands. How many of you need some guidance today? How many of you need some, some kingdom assistance? How many of you need some substance in your life? And I began to look, and only this was released, guys, when they fasted and prayed. And that means discipline. That means I must obey the Scriptures. Now you know what? You don't have to do this. But don't come in here and pat everybody else on the back and say, you guys need to be fasting and praying for me. I believe that if each one of us will begin to do some things, you talk about the anointing of God. I believe God will gravitate in here. I believe He'll come in huge measures. And when I look at fasting and praying, guys... It is literally spiritual warfare. How do you know that? Well, let me just say this. In the book of Matthew, chapter 17, there was a man who had a son that was an epileptic. And the scriptures say that periodically the devil would, or the demons would try to throw him in the fire and kill him. So he brought this son of his to his disciples, but his disciples couldn't cast him out. And so when Jesus came on the scene, the man told him that your disciples couldn't cast him out. And remember what Jesus' response was? He looked at his disciples and said, Ye a little faith. Now I look at that part of scriptures there and it, it bothers me. Because you know what? I can sit there and look at the disciples and say, What was wrong with those fellas? Why didn't they just act on the Word of God? But Let me ask you something today. If Jesus showed up today, would that be his response to us too? Ye a little faith? Why don't we get out of the boat and begin to do things? Why don't we step out and believe God? So we got all kinds of demonic activity in our own homes. Now listen. Jesus went on to say, after he said to his disciples, Ye a little faith. He got alone with his disciples. And his disciples said to him, Lord, why could we not cast that devil out? And this is Matthew 17, 21 exactly. And Jesus' response was, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. In other words, there is no other way for this demonic influence, for this demonic assault to be broken except by prayer and fasting. Now I look at that and I think in our own lives, how many of us, have demonic activity in our lives, our homes? How many of us have demonic influence or assaults in our life? Every one of us will probably have stuff where the devil tries to come around, but I look and I think in my own life, am I willing to discipline myself and do what Jesus said when he said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting? See, in America we live by a thing called entitlement. You do it for me. Not in the kingdom of God, guys. And so I look at this, and Jesus has now raised the bar incredibly for us. But I don't look at this, like I said earlier, as Debbie Downer oh, crud. I look at this as positive and think, you know what? When we fast and pray as a church, we're not only getting ready to get God's attention, we're fixing to get the devil's attention and say, we're not playing around, buddy. We're not playing around. You've bullied my family. You've bullied my kids. You've bullied this and that. Not no more. As I read this, I think, what are we going to do? See, we can sit around all 2012 and complain about the things in our life. Or you know what we can say? Charge. Charge. I'm ready to say charge, guys. I'm ready to say charge. Go with me to the book of Matthew. Chapter number 6. And some of you saying, well, you were in the Old Testament the whole time. I know. That's why we're going to Matthew. We're going to the New Testament and see what Jesus said here about some of this stuff. Matthew chapter 6. Ooh, what a challenge from God. What a challenge. I like it, though. Man, I'm like, I, I can't wait until tomorrow starts. I'm ready to go. You know, if, if you've ever fasted very long, you, you begin to, to find, you become so spiritually aware of thanks. It's incredible how spiritually aware I'll become of thanks. And I look and I think, you know what, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful saying this, but I'm going to try to fast more than I ever have this year. Because I like when I'm spiritually in tune with God, but you know what, it all comes to a sacrifice. You know, we all got great New Year's resolutions. How many of you, may, you don't raise your hand? How many of you made the New Year resolution? I'm going to go to the gym five times a week this year. I'm, I'm going to work out. Well, that's a great goal if you keep doing it. But you got to get away from the buffet. It's not body by buffet. You're going to have to discipline yourself. You know, guys, I'm, I'm serious about this. we got to start disciplining our physical bodies. That's in our eating habits, our exercise. I mean, there's things we got to begin to do. Discipline yourself to go to work. That's a novel idea, pastor. Discipline yourself to come to church where you say, Man, Lord, I'm going to come. I'm going to come with a passion. Matthew chapter 6. Look with me in verse 16. And it says, Moreover, when you fast. Moreover. Now you know why it says moreover right there? Because this passage here in Matthew 6 is better known as the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus deals with three things specifically in this chapter for believers. In verses 1 through 4, he talks about that we should be givers. In verses 5 through 13, he talks about we should be people of prayer. And then right here, he gets in verse 16 and says, Moreover, when you fast. Now, I want you to highlight a word there. When. He didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. So as I look at this, these were three foundational principles that Jesus spoke to us as believers. When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites, the actors, with a sad, with a sad countenance, For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. So once again, you know what this is? That's a religious format. He said, "Men, don't go around with a sad countenance. Woe is me. I'm the only one that's fasting and praying. See, this, this, this is where we lose our reward. And when I look at anything, whether it's giving, praying, or fasting... All forms of self-denial, Jesus didn't intend for us to parade it around and say, Hey, look how much I'm giving. Hey, I'm praying. All, hey, that wasn't what He's was talking about. And He said, if you do, that will be your reward. You get the pat on the back for man. Verse 17. But you, and you might as well underline that, but you, when, not if you fast, Anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret, will reward you openly. So you know what I see right there? When I begin to go ahead and fast, God sees. And it's not only a physical deal, but it becomes a heart issue. Or you say, I'm going to come before God, and I like where he said, God will reward you. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, that God is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when I begin to seek God in this way, guys, he's going to open some blessings. He's going to open some benefits to each one of us. And right here in, in Matthew 6, Jesus makes it pretty clear. That giving, praying, and fasting are part of a believer's life. Now, when I look at all this, even in Jesus' own life, if Jesus could accomplish everything that He was sent here to earth to do without fasting, then why did Jesus fast? Where's that at? Matthew 4. Matthew 4. You can look at it starting in verse 1. And you can see that Jesus went on a 40-day fast. And so that's the question that always arises to me. If Jesus could have... The Son of God. If He could have accomplished everything that He needed to when He came here, then why did He fast? Because Jesus understood. It released a breakthrough. It released some blessings that only come when we fast and we pray. Now, I heard a pastor say this not long ago, and it has really stuck with me. And he said this is the body of Christ. Have we literally eaten ourselves out of the will of God? You know what's talking about? Physically, we just—I like to eat too, but I realize right here that this is this is significant for each one of us. And so, as I read all these things, I think you know what. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to do things spiritually this year. I'm going to seek God to start this. And I believe it's very important that right here early in 2012 that we say, you know what, Lord, we're going to set the tone spiritually for our lives that are going to lead us through the whole year. Stand up with me. Stand up.